Year after year, one of the most consistent items on my do something list is to have fun with fashion. Exploring my personal style has added more joy to my everyday life and helped me feel more like myself on the regular. However, I have found that there are some brands I would love to explore more, but they are out of my typical price range. Or there's the it item that I would love to try out, but without the commitment of keeping it. Enter Armoire. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles. I just did my quiz and have selected a few dresses for the summer from Bowdoin, one of my favorite brands that I can't typically afford. And I also got a double-breasted black blazer from a new-to-me designer, a classic item that I have been on the hunt for but too scared to commit to until I know it's the one. For you expecting mamas, for those who are working or those who are style-obsessed, who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman-owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I love the fresh start of a new year. New year, new you, right? Except in a season of goal and resolution list making, what if you have no idea where to start to find that new you? I know this feeling well, and that's why today I am going to help you prioritize the list that can supplement the other lists you are thinking about making or replace them all together. Welcome to About Progress. I'm Monica Packer, a regular mom and recovering perfectionist who uncovered the truest model to dramatic but lasting personal growth. It's progress made practical. Join us to leave the extremes behind and instead learn how to do something to grow in ways that stick. If you like this podcast, then you'll love my foundational course on identity called Finding Me. Knowing who you are acts as the compass to all forms of self-development that you're thinking about right now. Whether you want to improve your habits or your relationships, your health and beyond, you have to start with identity. You can sign up for Finding Me, including a new free buddy pass we have at aboutprogress.com slash finding me. In the past, I tend 
to have a bit of a volatile relationship with list making. Whether it involved goal creation and tracking those goals or resolution making, or even just a day planning session uh, system like to-do lists, up until a few years ago, I was all over the all or nothing map when it came to making lists of any kind. I remember as a teen that my orthodontist had this amazing prize program. You know, if you brush your teeth really well and wear your elastics and your neck gear correctly. And of course, I, as a seventh grader with braces, had my eye on one of the latest electronic devices to hit the market that was one of the potential prizes. And it was the Palm Pilot. This was basically a way to make electronic lists, if we look at that old Palm Pilot. That's basically what it was. But you better believe I collected all the points I needed for that Palm Pilot. And I was convinced that it would help me get my whole life in order. And once it was finally in my palm, I became obsessive about tracking my time and my productivity. It almost became a full-time job for me as a 12-year-old. In fact, it eventually proved to be a little too time consuming and so much so that I gradually wasn't really able to prioritize the amount of dedication I had in the beginning and I dropped off using it. The Palm Pilot gradually took residence somewhere deep in my closet for years alongside all the planners that I got and used for short spurts of time with that same type of energy as the Palm Pilot and gradually drifted off using Now, as far as goals and resolution lists were concerned as a teen, both were made with so much gusto. Typically at the beginning of the year, actually New Year's Eve, looking out at the stars and imagining the person I was going to be by the end of the year. And what those lists all became for me were instead just dependable ways for me to berate myself every few months when I pulled them out and bore witness to all the ways that I had failed myself. I struggled so much with the all or nothing swings I had with lists until in college when I finally achieved nirvana with list making because I was able to finally do the all part of the all or nothing pendulum swing and all the time. I had goal planners. I had day planners. I had lists that I was so good at making by and I lived and died by all of them. I set big goals at the beginning of each semester, and I tracked my progress religiously. I achieved so many amazing things because of them. I I had almost straight A's. I was on the dean's list over and over. I got a full academic scholarship for years. I was admitted to Phi Beta Kappa. I don't even know if that's how you say it. It's a prestigious national honor society, and I'm still not quite certain it has any real meaning, but I was admitted to it. But even though on the outside, I was achieving so many incredible goals I had for myself, thanks to my very dramatic and diligent list making on the inside, I was a complete train wreck. At this stage in my life, at 20 years old, I began a fight for my life because of eating disorders, yes, plural, and with them, massive depression, panic attacks, and suicidal ideation. Going after list making with the all mindset came at a huge sacrifice. Almost every part of me had to be let go and then remade piece by piece, year after year. So in my years-long pursuit for recovery, I scaled way back on list making of any kind. In fact, for over eight years, 
I didn't dare make a list of almost any kind. I was decidedly on the nothing side of that all or nothing pendulum swing. And I was scared. I was scared that if I made a goal or if I even planned my day out, or if I tried to have some resolutions, I was working towards progress for myself. I was scared that making any of those things would only land me back into that obsessed with achievement mindset that had taken me into that dark mental pit I had worked so hard to climb out of. But I was wrong about those fears. In my avoidance of working towards progress because of my fears, I was taken to the very place I was afraid of. Just like I experienced with the all side of the all or nothing pendulum swing, I experienced it with the nothing side, the depression, the attacks of anger, and the confusion over who I was and why my life even mattered. Do you get stuck in those all or nothing cycles of self-improvement and with them list making of any kind? Is your relationship with goals and resolutions and day planning as complicated as mine? And do you find yourself similarly lost in knowing who you are because it's so hard to find the middle ground between compulsive achievement or defaulted apathy? On the show, I've often shared the story of me realizing it was time to work towards progress outside of the all or nothing model. It all began six months before I turned 30 when I was in that dark pit again. I had three little kids, an overwhelming life of responsibilities I was trying so hard to meet, but feeling like I wasn't actually living a real life in the process. I knew something had to change and and soon, and I knew I wanted to change. I wanted to feel challenged and to feel fulfilled and to most importantly, to feel like myself again. And this is when I made a new kind of list, one that I had never heard of, and also one that I no idea would change my life, but it did. I felt drawn to making a list of some kind, but one outside of goals and resolutions and day planning. I knew I wasn't ready for that kind of development yet, especially without really knowing the progress model that I'm calling it now. I'd heard a bucket list before, like going bungee jumping and traveling Europe or kissing a stranger in the Eiffel Tower, but any of the bucket list kind of items felt both unrealistic to my current life, but also vacuous of what I was really missing. And I was missing me. So instead... I created a list of 30 things I wanted to do before I turned 30. At the time, I called it 30 before 30. And none of what was on this list was aspirational in the way that the world would praise. Nobody would search for my list on Pinterest or celebrate it in a viral article that spreads organically amongst humanity. No, instead, my list was full of mostly simple ways that I could bring back parts of myself that had been lost with the all or nothing model. It was full of ways I could explore who I was now and who I wanted to be in the future. On my list, I had things like cook or bake 30 new recipes, go to an art museum, take an adult ballet class, try five new local hikes, 
take a day off from my responsibilities. It was something I called a mom day. (laughs) Read 20 books and more. But more important than what was on my list was what the list was for. It was for exploring me. And alongside that purpose, just as important were the expectations that I gave myself going in to going after the list. I had full permission to mess up, to not complete every single item, and to change my list as needed. It was all about progress, not perfection. And that's actually how we got the name of the podcast. (laughs) Giving myself permission to focus on doing something, not all, not nothing, provided me both a path to not only find myself again, but to find a new model of progress that showed me the power of small wins building over time. In those six months, as I messily checked off one thing after the next, I found that it didn't matter how well I did them. It mattered that I tried. And I felt this weird sort of growing confidence in me and a sense of knowing and a gathering of fulfillment that not only surprised me, but that gradually changed my life. This list is now something I call the do something list. I've made one almost every year since that first list. And each list has been different and reflective of the season I was in, the needs and the wants I had during that time. But each DSL, as we're calling it, do something list, each DSL has served as a way for me to not only find more fulfillment in my day-to-day life, they've also helped me better become who I really want to be. And a surprising side benefit to this growing sense of self and fulfillment is that I've also gradually found myself applying that progress model I was learning from the list to other types of list making. Over the last six years, I have become now an avid goal maker and resolution resolution lister and day planner. When you are full of your true self, you'll find it opens up a way to grow better into that self and some of the traditional list-making ways that you might be drawn to doing right now. This is what fulfillment can do for you. Do you want to better know who you are? Do you want to have more confidence and more everyday joy and fulfillment? Do you want to improve your life in ways that are both deep and meaningful, but also pressure-free and inspiring? Do you want to practice a model of doing and becoming that is outside of the all or nothing pendulum swings. Then create a do something list. Your DSL is designed to help you do something, not all, not nothing, but to do something to find ways to be full of your true self. This is the type of fulfillment that not only helps you anchor into who you are, but also helps you practice the process that we know here in this community of small wins building over time. And once you experience the power of the small wins with your identity, you will find yourself better able to apply that same progress model to all other types of ways that you can potentially improve yourself. Goals, resolutions, and to-do lists included. 
After the break, I'm going to give you my top tips to creating your own DSL. And as a special treat, you're going to hear from some progressors from this community and their tips and experiences with their own DSLs. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. Okay, I am so excited that you're thinking about creating a DSL, or at least I'm trying to convince you of it. But before you start, or maybe you've done it in the past and you're ready to do it again, I'm going to give you my top three tips on how to create your own DSL. The first tip is to remember that the focus is all about uncovering and discovering. Sit in this a little bit. With uncovering, what parts of yourself do you want to bring back? The parts of yourself that got lost along the way to you becoming a very responsible adult human. What parts of yourself do you want to bring back? Creativity, nature, music, art, being really smart, reading. I don't know. You get to decide. That's uncovering. The next part is discovering. This is where you explore parts of yourself in the present and in the future that you would like to connect with. These are new ways of discovering who you are. I can think about this in terms of what do I see other people doing that I'd like to try? What, What hobbies am I really curious about? What things do I wish I could do but think it's too late? That kind of helps me get the ball rolling there. So uncover and discover, that's the purpose. The second tip I have for you is to consider the season you are in now. Consider what you want right now. What do you need right now? What values need to be more a part of your life? How do you want to feel? When you are accounting for the season you are in, that can give you a good framework for the DSL because it's less about the shoulds and it's more about this time and this season. It also gives you some flexibility because each DSL is going to look different for each person. But for each person, each DSL is going to look different. So every year I do this, it's different because of the season I am in. Think about how you want to feel. And you really can just make it that simple about your season. How do I want to feel in this season? My third tip for you is to set parameters. And you can do this in three ways. The first is to set a parameter for how long this DSL is for. Is it for three months, six months, a year? I personally have found the most success when I do it for a year, but many in my Strive Hive community and others that are in our community have shared that they like to do it quarterly or every six months. So decide how long this DSL is for. That's one parameter. The second type of parameter you should have for your DSL is to have a certain number of items on your list. If you have that going into it, it helps you whittle it down a little bit better. I usually recommend between five and 20. And the final way you can set a parameter is set a limit for how long you are going to spend in creating your DSL. This can go on for weeks. Do not feel pressured to make the perfect DSL. It's allowed to change for starters. It can be flexible. 2020, I changed mine three times. But what I want you to think of is to give yourself 20 minutes to work on it at a time. And that's it. If you'd like more help in creating your DSL, I have some resources for you, and they're all linked in the show notes. First, you can see all the DSLs that I have made in the past, and those links are for you in the show notes, and you are free to borrow any of mine that call out to you. 
Second, I would consider listening to episode 311. It was the first episode of 2021, and you will hear a workshop that I taught to my Strive Hive members about creating their DSL for the year. For a step-by-step guide, you will find that in the course Finding Me. I have a whole bonus lesson dedicated to the DSL and a special guide that has helped hundreds of women create their own DSLs. And finally, the next one, the next level of support is with the Strive Hive. This is where we live out, do something, both with the do something list and our mindset as we strive for daily progress and fulfillment. The doors are open now to join up until January 31st, and I don't know when we're going to open the doors again. You can join us by going to aboutprogress.com slash Strive Hive again before January 31st. And speaking of the Strive Hive, we are now going to end the episode by sharing some voices of Strivers. These are Strive Hive members and some of their tips and experiences with the DSLs that they have created. These are excerpts from a recent workshop style masterclass I taught with the Strive Hive as they created their DSL for 2022. And these are, of course, shared with permission. My tips were for following through with a do something list. Um, My first suggestion is just to have the list easily accessible, Um, print it out, put it up, stick it in your purse, stick it in your planner, have an iPhone note, a Google doc, or some combination. Um, The idea is just to know where it is and to have easy access to it, uh, both for practical reasons so you can quickly find it, but also to keep the items fresh in your mind. Um, But one of the biggest factors that helped me follow through with my list was actually putting items into my calendar. So that might mean literally scheduling time to do something like an outing I want to go on or for the cooking items on my list. It meant looking at my list when I was doing my menu plan and actually putting those items on my menu plan. Um, Or it could be setting a recurring appointment on my calendar for things I wanted to do regularly. Like one of my items was to take more courses. One of the best things about an online course is you can take it whenever you want. That's also one of the worst things about an online course is that you can take it whenever you want. And if it's not in my calendar, I I didn't do it. Uh, So, you know, for finding me, for example, when I did it, I had a block of time Sunday morning. That was the time I took the class. Like it was a real class. And a key part of follow through with that was that I treated the do something list items on my calendar like they were real appointments. It was always tempting for me to get rid of the stuff on my calendar that was for me when things got busy, but I learned that I have to treat appointments with myself like they are appointments with other people. Um, I don't reschedule unless there's a real reason to move something. And if it needs to move, that's fine, but it moves to another day on my calendar. It does not disappear. Um, I also use routines for those recurring items. So sometimes my list was about doing things more frequently in my life. So putting it in a weekly or monthly routine helped or block of time. So for example, I wanted to cook more with my kids. I picked a default day of the week that I cook with my kids. That changes sometimes, you know, sometimes it doesn't happen. That's okay. But because there's a default, it happens more times than it doesn't. Sometimes a routine is just a small burst of time. It might be 10 to 15 minutes just to push something forward. You know, Monica will tell you small wins build over time. And I really found that true. The 10 to 15 minute block actually worked really well for me on a lot of the items. I also think it's really important to have a plan to regularly check your list and reflect on it. So it could be weekly, monthly, semi-annually, whatever works for you. For me, I check my list once a week when I'm working on my schedule for the week. I see if there's anything I can add to my calendar. And then once a month, I'll do a deeper review. 
And my last tip is um, to not underestimate the power of accountability. Um, you know, having an accountability group or partner can really help. And I'm going to be honest, I used to think accountability was silly. I viewed myself as self-motivated and did not think it was necessary, um, but it really does make a difference. And we all know that from being a part of the Strive Hive, um, just if it means posting about what you're doing and having motivation to do it because you're posting, or if it means just having the community that supports you every time you have a small win or a big win. Um, or, or, you know, sometimes my biggest, scariest thing on my list, believe it or not, was cooking something with yeast. Um, and Monica helped me figure out what I was going to make because I was totally putting that one off. Um, so just having an accountability partner or a group can really help. So my two items were um, a tip or two on creating a do something list. And my first tip was remember that this list is different than um, other lists that you come up with this time of year. Do something list doesn't have to be like a grandiose bucket list, um, but it has to be something that makes you feel like yourself, not that, like you're trying to be someone you're not. And I kind of like to go back with what Monica said earlier with the uncover and the discover. I put down um, the uncover would be like, your past self. So it'd be coming back to yourself. And so those are things that you could put on your list. But the um, other part, the discover is developing future parts of yourself. So that's like the growing into yourself. So you want it to be both comfortable, but also a little uncomfortable. And then my last tip is momentum. So something that I did last or I've done last year was with cooking and also reading books I realized that um once I started doing it it just became more natural and it just became easier and it was less about the numbers it was more about um just getting in the momentum so what I wanted to share was what I did for the do something list um to track it and I wanted to say what worked and what didn't and how I tweaked it. So um, I don't know if you guys remember, but I did a bead jar, right? So something that is big for me is I like to know that something is happening. I like to know that I've accomplished something in the midst of my day, right? So I loved the idea of the beads just to show this is how things are going, right? So anyway, so my original jar um, was this jar but it didn't have any labels on it. I had this little notebook where I would track what I actually did as I put in the beads. So great idea. It lasted about a month, which is great, but I think I got overwhelmed by trying to write it all down at the end of the night, like to actually sit there and try to remember everything that I did. So anyway, and I wanted to kind of figure out something different for this time that would stick with me more. And so what I did this time, I'm taking my do something list and I'm um, dividing the things I wanna do based on my five values that I got from finding me. And now I've made my do something fit into those categories, which I love and I'm super excited about. So I have the categories listed on here and I actually did label the jar drops of awesome. I don't know if you guys have read that article that's called drops of awesome, but that, Anyway, I love that. That's what each of these little things will represent. And then um, 
on each category, I actually have the do something that I want to work on. And so I came up with the other way I will keep track better, which is I'm just going to have it on my phone instead of in a notebook because I have my phone with me all the time. And I did it in Trello. I've already made it. And so I think it'll be super easy to just kind of track the things that I'm doing and it'll it'll fill up on my Trello. And then at night I can just go to my Trello and drop in the beads. So anyway, <laughs> I think I think it will work, but it was really fun to go through and um, think about my new do something list for the next quarter. So anyway, that's that's what I'm doing. <laughs> Okay, so I just kind of wanted to share um, what the do something list has done for me. Um, I really truly feel like it has changed me in so many good ways. Um, writing things down gave me internal permission to do the things that I always wanted to do, but I didn't think I had the time to do them, or I thought that I had to do all the to do's first before I did those things. And I'm finding that the reverse is true. If I am creative about bringing those things into my schedule and into my routine, I actually have way more energy and more commitment to my other roles and responsibilities. Um, I find that I'm more energetic, I'm happier um, doing the laundry, the dishes, all those blah things. It's not such a big deal because I'm feeling fulfilled and I'm feeling excited about who I am and I'm feeling content with what I'm doing for myself. And again, I have more energy to bring out or to take care of those other things so that they're not weighing on me anymore. It's just check, 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 get it done. And then I still have more time for myself afterwards. Um, I wanted to kind of touch on something that Rachel said, where when you're bringing something back that you haven't done for so long, um, it kind of feels like you're overindulging I remember when I first started reading again, as a kid, as a teenager, I read constantly, but as an adult, somehow I set that aside and I just didn't anymore. So when I started reading again, my inner bookworm was absolutely starving. And so I was reading constantly, like every spare second I had, I was reading. And now that I've got it more into my routine um, and because it's a regular part of my routine, I can read a chapter here and a chapter there, and it's not like every second, so I don't feel like I'm overindulging anymore, um, but I found a balance with I'm reading and I'm enjoying it versus I'm reading and I'm putting other things off because I'm reading instead. And so it's helped me find a, an internal balance of taking care of myself and looking for those other things. And again, just finding creative ways to bring those things back into myself to remember who I am and how I am and why I am. And that, again, just gives me more energy to bring to my other roles and responsibilities as well. So I just love the do something list. There you have it, my friends. I hope this episode gave you the hug and kick in the pants that you need to grow. And more importantly, I hope it gave you the inspiration and know how you need to create your DSL this year. In the show notes, I have a full list of all the resources I mentioned in this episode, including my DSL for 2022. Your do something challenge for this week is to create a DSL. And if you do, I'd love to hear about it. I want to spotlight many of you in this coming month on the show, and I'll be paying special attention to those who have something to share about the DSL. 
So you can DM me, email me, or just share about it on Instagram. I really want to have your voices on the show as much as possible this year, especially with your real problems that you're facing in your life that all of us can relate to. So would you consider calling in with your questions? Go to aboutprogress.com slash call in to learn how. I want to thank you for listening and for sharing the show. Don't forget to join our sticky habit challenge at aboutprogress.com slash habit challenge. And now my friends, go and do something with what you learned today. That's the first episode of 2021. And you are, you are, you will hear. Blah. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.